Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 82, Philosophy Forum, is the last stop in our three-week non-church crawl. Today we've finished eating and drinking at Michael and Rose's wedding in the Radisson Edwardian and we walk 100 metres back the way we came to the Friends Meeting House. I've said this is a place that pulls in anyone round here who thinks they are clever, cultured or politically active for some worthy meeting or other. Today we're there in the company of the organisation you could say much the same of. The Manchester Literary and Philosophical is the region's top learned society. Is there any retired academic round here who's not a member? Some of their people are Christians, no doubt, but I suspect a minority. We're in the company today of their Philosophy Forum, where I imagine A.C. Grayling would feel more at home than many convinced Christians. I was there more than once in 2023. The format goes like this. You read the six to eight page paper as your homework before, and you'd be a brave person to go there and open your mouth without having done the homework. The presenter gives their 15 minute talk to a room full of 40 to 50 budding philosophers. And then we split into smaller groups for the bulk of the evening. And then, of course, we come back together into the full group and feedback. They've tackled several intellectual teasers. In December, it was, is freedom an illusion? The talks were good, but what I'm really interested in is the group life. During my lifetime, one of the most important developments in church life has been the rise of small groups. I imagine, like me, you've been to lots of them, some superb and some pretty awful. So I'm there on your behalf to see how the non-church discussion group, can I call it that, works or doesn't work. How do theirs compare with ours? Do the ungodly have better groups than us? As well as the speaker, there's a double act in charge. The clever philosopher introduces the show and then the bossy, assertive former society president goes round the room numbering us into three groups. So you don't go out with the people you've come with and you walk into a room full of random strangers. I like this straight away. I'm there with my pal Bob, who I met through Progressive Christian Network, the local chapter of which closed this year. Like this lot, our PCN crew were open-minded and fairly unshockable after a decade of less than a dozen meeting monthly. The problem was that you pretty much knew what each person was going to say in the discussion. It was companionable and good-natured. I think we only had one bust-up when I pushed a socialist further than they could cope with on some political issue. He lost his temper, called me an idiot. He apologised, we kissed and made up. The group carried on, slowly shrinking. The problem was not rancorous fighting, but the opposite, predictable familiarity. And the most inflammatory issues were the predictably political ones rather than religion as such. So I found it quite refreshing 
to be in a room full of people I don't know very well. The chap I had my row with at PCN, he's a lovely man and I miss him. But it's nice to meet new people. In many ways, the group dynamics at the Philosophy Forum were just like every Christian group I've ever been in. Some people talk a bit too much. The best contributions often come later on from the quieter, sit back and hold your powder dry types. One of the groups stuck to the subject, can I say, religiously. They were, they were there for the business of philosophy and would entertain no distraction. But on another evening, we had the tension familiar to the church home group. Some people wanted to share their own personal life struggles with their family. Oh, the stricter philosophers reminded me of the church home group where some stress were here to study the Bible and others just want to get their mother's hospital drama off their chest to a sympathetic audience. Perhaps even at the Literary and Philosophical Society Philosophy Forum, the human animal is not only a philosopher and groups form to meet other needs. I suppose Christians go to church groups with more than a soul, with more than their inner Christ, and philosophers go to the Philosophy Forum with a bit more than their inner Plato. I found a good balance between the human and intellectual rigour. There was good listening. Everybody got a hearing with courtesy and attention. And there was good focus on the issue. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm in a meeting, I'm not so much listening to what the others are saying. I'm preparing my speech. I'm more interested in framing how I can put these ignorant fools right. Will I go in hard or subtle? Literal or ironic? Will I push in or will I wait for the chair's cue? With this lot, I found the discussion so interesting. I forgot myself and I really genuinely listened and learned. So on the issue, for instance, of whether freedom is an illusion, I went into the group strongly of the view that we all have lots of choice in this life and all this talk about the illusory nature of human agency is just a cover for crime and an excuse for failure. But almost everyone in the group gave an example of how human agency in life is more limited than I'd assumed. Yes, dear listener, I changed my mind during the group. I changed my mind because of the group. Is it pretentious to call ourselves philosophers? I suspect most people there, like me, have read a few philosophy textbooks and could give you a brief summary of the difference between Immanuel Kant and Iris Murdoch. But we wouldn't go around introducing ourselves. Nice to meet you. I'm a philosopher. But is it really any more pretentious? to say when I go to the philosophy forum I'm a philosopher than to say I'm a Christian when I go to church. For most of us it will be as much aspirational as actual. I did not think any individual there was pretentious or full of themselves. But in one or two cases, behind the copious spraying around of long technical words, yes, I sensed a little bit of insecurity. Some of them did not quite seem to grasp the difference between saying the right jargon and actually having something to say. Something Christians are hardly immune from.
Talking of aspiration, does the Littenfill live up to its ambitious marketing? Remember, this philosophy forum is only a small part of the overall society. If you look at their website, their pitches were here to make you think and think again. Broadening minds since 1781. My opinion is that many of their talks are a bit predictable and slightly anodyne. The Philosophy Forum is probably the part of the society where this aspiration is more than a marketing slogan. Yes, I think this lot are really doing their bit for Think and Think Again. 2024 is set to be a golden year for the Philosophy Forum. Their presenter in December is someone who has spoken many times on Church Ahead. I'm still negotiating the subject. It's going to be something about theism or atheism. I'm really looking forward to it. It's an honour. Knowing I'm an ordained priest, they've warned me in the negotiation of the topic, they've said, the essential criterion for us would be that the paper and presentation not be a tendentious justification for belief in a God of some sort, but a genuine philosophical exploration based on the normative rational principles of current philosophy. That does not preclude discussion of transcendental concepts as long as that's done in an investigative way that is not dogmatic and explores the pros and cons. I respect that. My sense of these people is that whilst many of them would be religious non-believers, there isn't much anti-religious prejudice. For them, religion is one more subject to put under their philosophical interrogation. This philosophy forum is going great guns. It's usually oversubscribed with a waiting list for its meetings. It's more diverse than church on the spectrums of age and ethnicity, perhaps not so much education. I don't think you'd find many there without a university degree. And as for higher degrees, I think if you walked in with a cup of coffee and said, here's your drink, doctor, I think you would be mobbed. I think it's a real achievement to get 50-ish folk to meet, think and talk. No tail off in any season, several times a year. Yes, I am impressed. So we come to the end now of our non-church crawl. This three-stop excursion from the Quaker Meeting House, 100 metres along Peter Street to the Free Trade Hall and back again. And what have we seen that really matters? We've looked at three groups of good people doing things that traditionally we church people thought were ours. Yes, it's a competition against competitors for people's hearts and minds, time, money and attention. Folk can come to us or go to them. There aren't many oddballs like me who straddle the boundaries. People tend to prefer one or the other. The template in my mind is the Derby football match. Manchester City versus Manchester United. Every goal really counts. So what does the scoreboard look like with these three non-church encounters? Hearing A.C. Grayling tell a very funny joke against the church does feel a bit to me like watching United forward Marcus Rashford score a goal against my beloved city. Ouch. 
but more encouragingly, seeing him set off with the ridiculous aim of trying to prove atheism, feels like the other team trying to shoot from their own half. And arguing against religion with such a pathetically reductionist theism, well, that deserves the red card. Send him off, ref. So, let's finish with the scores for the three encounters. My score for the AC Grayling match is 2-1 for the church. What about the hotel wedding? I would put this one as a one-all draw. Today, I'm afraid, it felt to me like 2-0 against us. So, sad to say, over the tournament... By just one goal, the godless, I'm afraid, have beaten the righteous. I don't think we're losing dramatically, but I fear the momentum is on their side. So, finally, for three weeks we've been looking at church from the vantage point of other people doing other things in other places. And there's one last picture that comes to my mind. And this is the Earth rising photo from the Apollo 8 space mission. What surprised so many people about that photo was not the wonder of the whole cosmos or any particular lunar feature. It was to look back in awe on our own terrestrial home. So lovely, so fragile, so much in need of our care. For me, Church is a beautiful, vulnerable planet. And when I look at other planets, there might be many good things out there. But what I'm overwhelmed by is how precious is this one. Thank you for listening to episode 82. You know our theme for this term is getting out. And next week... For the first time, we will get out beyond Judeo-Christianity as we look at the rise of Islam.